Are you ready for the weekend yet? We have events, news, and a guest for you to enjoy this Lake Life weekend. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lake Life Weekend Podcast. This is Dirk. I'm your host and we have Weekend 31 approaching. How do you like our new event map? I hope it's working well for you. Um, we are still tweaking here and there and we are growing it. We are filling it with content. So please help us um, submit your event so we can put it on the map for you. That would be nice. Also, check out our Instagram, our Facebook, and follow us. We are uh, working on a lot of pictures and things to share. Um, send us your moments, your memories of the lake, and then we would share it with all the other ones if you want. Um, also, feel free to submit ideas for our next magazine. Um, we will actually spend the next four weeks to wrap up our fall issue of the Lake Life Weekend magazine so um, that's exciting and that's a lot of work and we appreciate all the ideas or help that you may uh, send forward to us thank you for that today we have uh, in the interview Val and Gary Jacobson of their Red Angus Ranch operation and I met them at a, a photo shoot for one of our publications and it, I was so impressed I actually always had something going for cows and things and so I decided to interview them and uh, hear um, what it means to be a uh, yeah, farmer, a rancher, better. I got corrected, <laughs> I think, in the interview too. Difference between a farm and a ranch. And um, yeah, I'm a city boy, so I didn't know. But I thought it was a really interesting story. Um, we captured that uh, for you to join in. So yeah, I don't want to keep this much longer from our story. And uh, if you want to hear more and learn more about what's happening in Lakes Country, please always go to LakeLifeWeekend.com. We appreciate you tuning in again this week and we wish you a wonderful weekend ahead. Welcome to our interview part. Uh, I'm here with Val and Gary Jacobson. Hi, you two. Hello. Hi. Thank you for coming. Um, Val and Gary, you are operating a Red Angus beef ranch. Correct. And I Correct. met you a couple weeks back uh, at a photo shoot where we took pictures of your operations uh, for a publication. And um, me as the German, I'm always uh, fascinated by the locals. and. Um, I was not offending you by calling you a cowboy. Uh, I will show a picture later of your hat and you are ranchers uh, through and through. And I was hoping to discover your story about um, the Red Angus, um, the specialty about uh, the meat, um, your operation, uh, the history and um, yeah, like uh, naturally grown fed um, animals and then that you are a local producer. So maybe we start from where you're from and how this all started. I think by Yulin? Uh, Hitterdahl, actually. Hitterdahl. Yep, which is next to Yulin. Uh, I guess we started, always been in, interested in cattle since I've been a little kid. Uh, me and Val have been married since 1976. Oh, yeah. Used to have a hog operation. You grew up with hogs. Mm-hmm. And uh, always backgrounded cattle, had feeder calves. 
and then got into the registered seed stock business in 1998 I guess we bought our first registered cattle and and built it up to 240 cow herd today along with our son Cody yeah so um, it is really fascinating because when I approached you or when I met you uh, you were like yeah no we will bring the horses and you came with the trailer and um, I was not expecting such a beautiful place actually and uh, so much passion and uh, enthusiasm uh, you are very proud I know you're a little uh, humble here um, uh, you have um, 200 plus cows uh, it's a lot of work um, so since it is so much work did you know what you got yourself into uh, 45 years ago <laughs> no kind <laughs> of but uh, you know you kind of gradually get into it we didn't start out big we started out small right with yeah. pork you said yeah. well some of each we had yeah. we had some cattle and i did the hogs because i had young children and yeah when we first got married in. we'd have the hogs and she'd buy beef calves day old calves and bottle feed them and really and grow that up and then we had cattle at my dad's place you know the feedlot over there and so yeah we did this before we got married her yeah. folks our folks did the same kind of stuff we just took the seed stock part of it and went with that you know gee, we were in our 40s when we started that so you actually started i'm i'm still at the origin so you started kind of in a hobby farm environment did, no or was it already full-time yeah it was all, always full-time always full-time yeah. so you had a like a like a let's call it a picture book farm you had a little bit of hog yeah. a little bit of cattle yeah. and how much land how, how big was the operation when it all started well then we were we were working for our folks you know Gary they, worked for his father for the first probably 10 years yeah. until ah. we bought our place where we're at now and then when then we started more of the cattle on our own yeah I would farm with my brother but I, I was never a farmer I was always a cow man okay so if, uh, is it your grandfather, like what generation? So you at least second generation. No, be yeah, third, I guess. My grandfather farmed too, and you know. And then we live on my home place. Oh, you do. My grandfather was there, yeah. and I grew up there. And then we purchased it in 1986. So you are third generation, and you said your son is involved. So you have a four generation farm operation. Correct. Correct. Oh, or ranch. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. and so you started with a little mix, and then you raised uh, three children, three sons, three sons, okay. and uh, uh, and you influenced them. They're all in egg, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and um, now twenty plus years ago, you started to um, find the Red Angus. How did that happen? What What is Red Angus? What's different? And how were you introduced to that? Well. Uh, Red Angus cattle, I think, they kind of started the association in the mid-40s. Uh, it's just the Red Gina, the Black Angus. Okay. But... You make it so simple. It's probably a little bit more. Is well, it an American crossbreed or is it... No, it, it's an England deal. English? Okay. Yep. You know, it's just English Aberdeen Angus, you know, the Angus. And and that had a Red Gene in it. And... and uh, when their Angus breed got started, it could have started with the Red Angus, but the guy liked the black cattle, so they started with the black cattle. Well, then in the 40s, uh, there was four people that went out and hunted down all the 
red hided cattle they could find, and they started that association. Really? Yeah. Uh, Why? They they thought they were prettier. Or? Well, the gene pool was tighter. Uh, there wasn't a lot of them, and and the disposition on the red cattle is a lot better. It's very good, actually. I do. I work all the cattle. You know, my stuff. I'm in with them all the time. He's up front. You know, administering the shots and tagging and whatever. But I, I work with the cattle all the time, and yeah. I never. I mean, they're just very docile and easy to be around. So back in the '40s, someone identified this special characteristic and that special, and they wanted to. So they took. They went around the country oh. and found all the red cattle. In the old days, if these. The rumor has it, you know, if you got a red calf, you hit it behind the barn, you're ashamed of this red oh, really? calf, see, because you just had the black, yeah. black Angus. Interesting. And the greatest marketing tool ever to go down in the history of the country is the certified Angus beef, the CAB. Okay. They started that. Anything black-hided was, this was a great marketing tool. Premium. And it, was yeah. good. Yep. And, uh, but anything black hided qualified, so then you got your other kind of cattle. If they had a black hide on them, they started that would work. So the CAB is a small percentage, it's it's the premium beef, you know. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the advertising now, if you go buy a bag of Elpo dog food, it said uh, Angus beef. Uh -huh. That's misleading. They're selling. The Angus, it's just turned out to be a great marketing tool. I'm <laughs> rambling here. Yeah, though, yeah, but, no, I, but it, I follow. But it's, uh, the CAB is the premium part of it, but Angus beef has gotten to be such a selling point, so, but that's not the CAB. Angus beef is, can be a lower grade of meat. So is the Angus actually also like, uh, let's just, because I'm not a per expert here, mm -hmm. so let's just say there's a German Shepherd and then there's a Springer Spaniel. It's like an Angus and a, um, what is that a German breed, uh, Holstein. Do well, they do they have different uh, bone? Is it a different cow or is yeah, it just? Yeah, the yeah. I mean, the the Angus, the Hereford, the Black Angus, the Red Angus. It's English breed. The, you know, the exotic breeds that are Simmental, the Charley, more, and the Galway. You know, they're. And they have different size and a little yeah, bit longer different, leg or different made, but I, okay, okay. Everything so. is getting made now into that more same type of animal, you know, the it's you want cattle with a lot of muscle, a lot of thickness, uh, a lot of meat in that, you know. Okay. So when I mean there's a lot of like let's say pictures of mass production uh, bad cow so we really work with cows on the field uh, uh, here in, on your ranch and um, they are free walking correct and and they are finding their food on different pastures uh, and then in the winters they are they are provided with uh, locally grown on your fields um, corn and, and grains I guess yeah corn silage and hay and yeah yep. So it's all uh, it's all your microcosmos, yeah. Right, right, so right. so, and and that has a effect on on the quality, right? Like so, what happens? Like I heard a keyword earlier, uh, marbling. Like how how do we make beef the best quality? How does that work? 
Seriously. Well, uh, the Red Angus is noted for marbling in the first place. Uh-huh. And we, you know, our cow herd is built on maternal. We like to buy our bulls. Our number one goal is to buy bulls and make mother cows. Okay. You know, and that's, so our herd is very maternal. Uh, and we just, we breed for average. We don't like to chase certain deals, but we'll, we try to use bulls that, that are above average in the marbling, and, and uh, that's what we've found, you so, know, good. And then the feeding, the feeding program, the ration, you know, the corn silage, hay, and mineral products and everything. So all one part is the gene, obviously. Correct. We have a good gene for a good starter, but then what we put in it makes the meat just... Everything that we put in it creates the taste. Yeah, I mean, we we, tr we feed good quality feeds and, you know, not a lot of byproduct and, you know, so it's... Uh, you think the, the lands, I mean, we are proud of Minnesota, we live in Lakes Country, so... Is it somewhat special, like uh, what they find on the field? Is it more, na like, what is so, is it the water? Oh, it's probably everything, you know, and we do even graze the corn ground, if available, like after the corn has been harvested, mm -hmm. we'll fence in the corn ground and let the cattle roam on that okay. in the fall, before winter comes, before the snow comes. Right. And then they just eat the, the debris stumps. that's left. Yeah. And that's good nutrition too, and then when there's, not enough for that feed we start the feed program it's a, a supplement the corn stalks you know try to cheapen up the cost of it and they yeah. can but then they roam around they're not yeah, locked yeah, up yeah. right they exactly can yeah. i can see it sometimes driving around i always see them uh, like cattle around yeah. so so they can walk that's also good for muscle building i suppose yeah, i mean yeah. yes. they're not just standing still and uh, right. locked up yeah, yeah. Uh, do you think that the mental, like the mental health of a cow, has an impact on their development? I don't know. <laughs> I I often wondered that. You know, you get them cattle that come from West River out there and run them thousands and thousands of acres, and then they, it's got to be, it's got to be they get back to the feedlots for the harvest process. You know, their li end of their life yeah. cycle and. But the whole yeah. if they're not stressed, right? If they're Correct. Yeah. Stress does play a part yeah. in the animal. Yeah. Yeah. Right, it does. And the meat. Yes. Yep. Yep. Oh, I and truly you think believe that. Oh, very yes. much so. Interesting, yeah? So So you want you want quiet cattle uh, in the feedlot all the way through, you know, excitable cattle make dark cutters. It, it, it affects the carcass yield and the grade and Really? Yep. Mm -hmm. So you want a you want a quiet animal so when you right up to harvest time you know you don't want to get them excited and yeah will dictate the flavor or the toughness of the meat oh, i would have never guessed really no mm -hmm. huh so um um what are like challenges uh, if you look back on over 20 years of or 40 years of uh, cattle ra raising um how does a year look like how does a day look like i mean like you, are you ever taking vacation it's hard to plan a vacation we um, just kind of wing it pretty much as far as getting away, but we do deliver our bulls after they're sold, and we kind of sometimes turn that into an overnight getaway if we stay somewhere and go out and have a bite to eat and just kind of relax. But does it mean you deliver a bull? So you raise bull to also... We raise bulls to sell 
and after our production sale, then then we deliver the bulls to the new owner. And the bull is for uh, production of a new herd, so like yep. a right. new rancher yes. uh, mm -hmm. purchases. Okay, yep. tell tell us about that. So, is it like what what's so special about your bull? Well, <laughs> well, uh, probably half of the bulls, maybe a little over half, make a bull. You know, they got to fit the criteria to to reproduce. Yeah, to keep. You know, they're they got to have the look. They got to have the performance. They got to have. And they're tested. Yeah, right. semen tested to make sure they pass, and anything that don't falls out, and then they they get cut, and then we go to they go in the feedlot. You know, but yet, so the 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 elite special kind of cattle get to go on to reproduce for somebody else. And those can be quite valuable, right? Well, you know, that it fluctuates in the markets, you know, in the good times like anything else, you know, you get we experience the same thing with seven dollar corn, everybody had a heyday and we kinda reap some of them benefits and now it's times are tough again and mm. you know now but we're you know, we're what's the ironic part about that, in the 20 years we've been doing this, the bulls are better than ever, and with the market swings, we're probably, it's a buyer's market. I guess the bulls we're selling today, compared to four years ago, are at least half the value just because of the markets, but okay. the genetics are better, so right now it's a buyer's market out there for the guys that want to improve their cow herd, you know, that's what they got to look at. They got to go find somebody that's been doing this for a while and they got, they can get the most bang for their buck. Huh. I live here for 10 years and what I, from a, as a city boy, I think the agricultural market is very volatile, yeah? Yes. It jumps yeah. up volatile. It jumps yeah. up and down. Yeah. And that, with that being said, that's probably our biggest struggle is that as far as running a ranch because you don't know what your income is going to be next year no you no. have no idea we have no idea there's no stability no stability with the markets and then the weather i'd say is number two it's yeah. quite a challenge because we started feeding the first of november and it's seven days a week and it's really cold yeah and you would fight the storms and freezing water and just all kinds of issues because of the weather so uh, hearing all those horror scenarios, like if, if I am a millennial and I want instant gratification, uh, let's say I'm a, uh, I mean, I'm making fun, but like I'm, yeah. a, I'm an iPhone victim and I just want to play video games all day. Let's just look at that person that doesn't exist. Yeah. But is there anyone following that hardworking generation? Do you think like, I mean, who wants to get up seven days a week, feed mm -hmm. cattle to produce a quality product? Like what is the future? Of cattle ranching look like you think I've I've said that a lot it looks calm <laughs> yeah <laughs> silent. We, well it's, it's hard or we have one son out of the three yeah that is interested in livestock and he helps us but it's he um, farms the rest of the time so he goes you know all year long in the winter okay. he helps us Then comes spring, he goes out in the fields and continues with that until the crops are harvested and the, you know, yeah. the ground is frozen. Then he's allowed to come back and help us with the cattle, but he can't sustain his, his family on just the cattle. Okay. That's why he's in the farming too. So 
It's very hard. Yeah, it's. I can't imagine, like you said, the millennials wanting to do what we've been doing for the last 40 plus years. Yeah, 40 years. And never being guaranteed a profit. Yeah. I mean, you can go backwards fast. I mean, it's it's a struggle. This has to be, you have to be born to do this. There's no way that you can just become a rancher. You have to grow up with it. You got to have the desire. The passion, yeah. the, the tradition, yeah. and and and. and and uh, you just receive something from what you learn from grandpa. Right, and you can't learn it out of a book. No, no. I mean, it's 80% of it is just hands-on experience of what you've done right or what you've done wrong. Mm -hmm. And, you know, education doesn't hurt, don't get me wrong, as far as going to ag. Because you got it, there's law, you're, you're operating a business. Nowadays, right, the business end of it is probably where we struggled when we were younger, that just because without a business degree would have really helped us, I believe. You know, yeah, we yeah. didn't do the college back, you know, back in the 70s right. when we got married and started working. Yeah. That's what it, we've been it's doing. a very character building deal, and it's, it's, uh, you build character, but you got enough character to. To die on, and you could have been dead 20 years ago and had enough character to die, and you just keep building character. I mean, it's just, you just, you gotta have, you gotta be passionate about it. Yeah, you gotta and have you, it in you. And you gotta, and like I said, you gotta be born with that. You can't learn it. How many smaller operations are in the state of Minnesota? Is there like a group? Do you have like a annual meeting of, like, how many small family run? There is a Minnesota Red Angus, correct? Mm -hmm. Each state has, and he's been on the board. Yeah, I've been on the Minnesota Red Angus board. I've been on the National Red Angus board. Uh, we've been involved with Minnesota for 20 years, too. Uh, 20 years on, on the national deal. And and it's a... You, you've seen... There's a lot of... In the Minnesota, there's a lot of small family farms. We got Red Angus cattle, and we have our meeting once a year, and we have a f female sale, or a, yeah, a female sale. I guess it hutches in Minnesota here. State sale at our Minnesota state sale in North Dakota. And they you get together. Yeah, yeah. And you have exchange. a banquet. There's a banquet. a banquet, and then the uh, election of officers, and yeah. you know the local. But is it like a hundred families or two hundred? Oh no, it would probably only be boy. Yeah. There probably ain't but thirty, forty. Okay, so it's a very it's small, small group, group, at least yeah. for the Red Angus. Yeah, that's yeah. the Red Angus. And, and do you have a feeling on? They all have at least one son or daughter that's going to take over, or like, are they going to just merge? Are they going to? Well, it up? we're, we're like, at the happen? we're at the age now where there's a lot of younger kids coming up that are in there. 30s and 40s oh, not is. a lot but I mean and a lot of them are would be the second generation mm -hmm. yes when we started the Red Angus we just started it we were first generation seed stock producers in our family and mm -hmm. and we've been in it 20 years and it it takes a lifetime to build a reputation and you know and now we're at the age where we're gonna sell down a bunch of cows and and uh, you know keep a few nucleus cows but slow down a little bit you yeah know, so you're at the point where you want to downscale and yeah. 
and have a little bit more flexibility with your own time. Yes. So you want to reduce the stock from like 200 to 100, let's say. Yeah, yeah, whatever. The yeah, whatever it may be. be. Yeah. 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 So tell us, uh, how does a day look like for like, um, how, how does a week or just in a, in a nutshell, uh, the four seasons, how, how does that work? So maybe somebody wants to become a farmer, who knows, or a rancher. Yeah, well, <laughs> it... It depends on the season, of course. You right. know, summer's a little slower, just once the cattle are on the grass. Then it's the haying, which has taken us a month. Pretty much the whole month of June this year we were haying. Oh, you're haying. So you're because of weather. Mm. Because it's too much rain and, and different things. And then rotating pastures, checking cattle. Um, so the summer's a little lighter. And then um, once they come home, then changes. Then it's every day, every day. chores, every morning. And the bedding, chores, um, cleaning, cleaning. Yeah, it's just it's it's pretty much all day once winter hits. Oh. And then we start calving the end of January. I like to say I like to calf when I can walk on water. We got oh, like, uh, yeah, because we, it's not so cold. Well, well it's cold, frozen. but the ground's froze. We don't right. have to fight the mud, so. Oh, you can walk on water. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we um, that's why we calf early. We got a. Is it all good. indoors? Or like, don't well, they freeze? Well, they're outside, but it's one thing that we try to calf through the barn or get them in after they're born until they get dried off. It's one thing when a calf gets the hair fluffed up and dried off and a belly full of warm milk, they'll lay outside when it's 30 below right beside your mother. Really? Yeah. We have an indoor calving barn. Mm -hmm. it's, they're in there maybe a day to two days at the most before yeah. they're tagged, ear tagged, and mm -hmm. given their shots and... And then they go out, out with yep. their mothers. Yep. But we're well protected. We have trees around the feedlots or windbreaks so ah. to protect them from the wind. Yep. Right, the wind is the... The wind is the hard part. And we have little calf huts that we've built so the babies can go in. But on a nice sunny day, almost always they're outside. They and they have a natural instinct, obviously. Yeah. 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 So they seek outdoors. shelter. They will seek shelter when the wind, the storms hit. I will come out there and you barely find a calf, rarely find a calf out of the huts. Mm -hmm. and then the minute the weather clears and it's nice, they all come out and run and play. And really? Find their mamas. and. <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you... Do you connect to, like, um, I mean, you are grinning, you're enjoying, so is there a connection to, to cows? What is so special about the character of a cow? You talk to them? Well, they get a lot of names sometimes. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's hard to explain, I think. Um, it's, it's like I said, it, it's a passion you're born with. Mm -hmm. But they do, you think they communicate with you? I think they sense your feelings. Like, they, they know us. Mm -hmm. And I can walk in amongst any of the cow-calf pairs all the time mm -hmm. to check because I check for sick calves or anything slow or any issues. Mm -hmm. I walk in amongst them and they just stand there. Lots of times they're laying down and they, you can just walk right by them. If a stranger comes and if it's somebody loud or somebody, a different personality, sometimes we'll get the cattle they did, quite they, excited. You know, but or a young child. At them. Sometimes I think it's a predator what I think oh, yeah, and it yeah, makes a cow yeah. very nervous especially after we calf and you know yeah because they're so protective of their babies of yeah. course yeah. yeah but you've seen when you're out there a couple yeah. weeks ago how quiet the cattle are yeah you guys yeah. come out there and they 
they just they're curious they're interest, curious yeah. Yeah. yeah and a lot of cattle will do that a lot of them cattle would have been in the other end of the pasture but they'll come and surround us but right. that's that's the disposition of the red angus plus they're handled and when they're handled we yeah. do it as calmly as possible right okay Whether handled means um, uh, you know working them but say so you have to vaccinate them like before every cow calves they need a shot it's called a or scour guard or, you know so i mean you there's many times you have to run them through mm. the shoot for different reasons and we don't Spraying use you know, hot shots or whips or anything no. like that. It's just, you know, not, not no hollering. It's just a lot of just talking to them. Because mm. him and I and our son do most of that. I mm. mean, we've yeah. had a few part-time hired hands, but... That have been good to help. That have been good to help, yes. Yeah. But we make sure they're handled, you yeah. know, yeah. quietly. Yeah. Well, um, when it comes to the end of the lifetime of a... Uh, I mean, we produce them not as pets they're not house pets they're right, not right. house dogs or goldfish right. uh, or a bird a cat they are actually meant for to breed for a purpose we, we eat of them right. right so when it comes to the processing part um, you mentioned uh, in our previous talk um, that it's very safe yeah the environment from the processing to delivering to the consumer uh, the USDA I, I was like, can you explain that again? Like there's a person witnessing the whole process to ensure safety and quality? Right. It, they're calling an inspector, USDA inspector, and that's their job. They go around to locker plants or processing plants to make sure the animal's healthy and everything that's used to process the meat is clean, you know, just top notch. I mean, it's pretty, yeah, they're very careful. So really, f they 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 witness the the animal to arrive and then yep. cut like so it's that high of a quality standard where we are. Well, like all the major packing plants in the U.S., yes, there's inspected. inspected and it's yeah. I mean, for quality control of the meat, the beef eaten, yeah. and that's why the the cool uh, country of original labor labeling, you know, so should be so important to the people of the United States. The beef raised and eaten in this country is the safest beef anywhere. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, the public should demand that they want to know where their meat comes from. And the bad part of it now, beef can be shipped in from overseas. And if it gets packaged here, then it can become USDA US approved. But it's really not. With our Red Angus cattle, uh, we got a yellow tag. Yeah. FCCP tag and by putting that in that calf's ear at birth or before shipping as long as it's done at the ranch that serial number on the bottom of that tag them cattle can be taken to a feedlot and identified that that animal was raised in Hitterdahl, Minnesota mm -hmm. or they can trace it back to where it to came the ranch. from mm -hmm. and the beef that gets shipped overseas to China now, or you know, when the the exports, they're looking for that kind of meat, mm. you know. So they want they they want to know where it comes from. Mm. So that's that's another really good thing about the Red Angus cattle with that ninety nine cent tag that originates. I mean, that can be any major feedlot in the country. They'll look at that calf and realize it either come from Hitterdahl or Mobridge, South Dakota or, or Steele, North Dakota. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it just, 
it's an amazing deal and it's and that's something that with this the cool needs to be brought back in you know what do you mean the cool well that country of original labeling so it's ah country of original labeling yeah so it's a it's something that the american people they all want this now they want to know where the food comes from right and with that labeling but uh, you know there's a fight the uh, I don't know if the packers don't want it because they can ship, they can ship meat in, and once it gets here, then they can package it as U.S. beef, which it really isn't. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So you know, it's a lot of the local deal. It's pretty important. And is it? Is it like how much beef demand? Do we have an overproduction of beef? Are we exporting? A lot. I know in Europe, U.S. beef is very valuable. I mean, probably the shipment cost too, but yeah. it's a premium beef. Uh, right. I know that is, it, and it tastes very different than European beef. It always has, okay. and it's actually the market has been not always open. There was not access to U.S. beef because of the how they raise them. But Europe has different um, mm -hmm. rules and regulations. But like, do we do we need to import beef? Is our beef and meat demand so high or is it just like is it cheaper to get it from well it's Brazil? easier to import some beef and then to get the cheaper cuts and blend it with different meats for burger for burger and stuff right. like that and that's and it's fast uh, food i would guess yeah a lot of it oh yeah. fast food yeah that's really not good meat is it no <laughs> no <laughs> i know who would have guessed so uh, okay so we have a demand in the fast food industry for um for that um but we have a I mean, we probably won't find Angus at McDonald's. Oh, they say they do. I mean, they say Angus beef. I mean, it's, and I'm sure it is probably, but it ain't five percent. It, it ain't your top cut of beef. It ain't, it ain't the C A, right? C A B beef. It's the Angus beef. It's the you know, and it that can be anything, but you know, black eyed or okay. And, and like I said earlier, yeah. that's where that that marketing is probably the go down the history of yeah. anything is the best marketing tool ever created yeah <laughs> huh okay so um um would you do it all over again um would you start your ranch when you were your son's age yeah yeah i guess we would just because it's been a great place to raise our kids and and um we yeah we've done okay a lot of met a lot of nice people and and it's been a good way to raise a family. And Gary and I have been able to work together. Most of the time, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's beautiful. Uh, uh, husband and wife uh, business operators, they are meant to be. I, I don't think it would always work with everybody. But if it works, then everybody has their expertise, I guess. You mentioned you had a responsibility and you had a responsibility. So if it um, uh, it's fruitful if, if it uh, complements each other then it's very successful right he, correct he's more the PR guy he's always been out and about and I've stayed home and held things together at home Cody and I have probably more so when he's yeah, promoted uh, and uh, been able to I'm the, bull, on the, I'm the bullshitter yeah, we yeah, call it PR one. public <laughs> relations but whatever yeah. but I mean yeah, yeah I don't care for that part of she's held it together I mean she keeps it all going it's always like well, that. But, huh? I mean, it takes, the woman it holds takes it two, though. I mean, I yeah. I don't like that part of it that he does um, no. near as much. So, I uh, remember when I saw you and um, 
and I could feel it when you said we will bring the the horses and you said you always horseback ride on your ranch like you don't use a four-wheeler I think you're extremely connected to the environment and to your yeah. to the to the ranch and to the to the to the animal uh, I think that makes it very unique yeah and is that your life or like it probably never felt really like work although it's hard on the muscle or on the bones let's say mm -hmm. but I think you're getting a lot of joy out of what you do yeah yes. yeah so most of it, it, most of it is quite rewarding and fun. There's definitely the hard part, weather being probably not the financial financial part and the weather. I would say are probably the no. two things that <laughs> really make it a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. If it wasn't for that, I mean, uh, it'd be a, a dream life, you know. Yeah. If you, you know. knew you were always making a profit and you didn't yeah. have to fight the weather, you know, six months out of the year. Yeah. Yeah. But. Them profit years is like anything. There's more bad years than good years, and it just—it's something that shouldn't. You're supposed to feed the world, but you can't be guaranteed a profit. Mm -hmm. You know that's the hard part. Mm -hmm. Just as in any agriculture, the, our our son's farm, and it's the same thing. They work so hard sometimes, mm -hmm. and when the markets are off, and makes it really a struggle mm. oh, that is disappointing mm -hmm. and not motivating you at can all. work just as hard for a poor crop or a poor you know um, poor year than you mm. do on a good year mm. sometimes more so yeah. if the weather has played into it um, so it makes it a struggle so you're not rewarded necessarily for all your hard right. work and hours yeah. and yeah. worry yeah. the worry is stressful oh yeah yeah, yeah. I, I can hear you and then it, it you know and then you know like You know, with the cattle, you, you call the normal cow calf guy. They either market their calves all in one day. You know, you know a lot of them big ranches. On the third week of October, that's the day they sell their calves. They've did that for years, and mm. so I mean, your whole year's work on that situation comes down to one day, mm. and you your whole income is based on 10 minutes of selling your calves hmm. you know so then yeah but them people that's where the reputation comes in you know you still got to do this right you still got to buy your genetics you uh, it's hard not to cut corners but you know you always hope and pray that by giving the, the consumer this kind of quality you know you get a premium in the down market you'll probably get you'll top the market with them calves mm. and that's all you, that's all you want to do you you know if you're going to do this you want to do it the right way mm. you want to be proud of what you're selling no i yep i the quality it, it will always be the yeah. most important yep. element i would say mm -hmm. so um uh, i remember when we were at your ranch at the pasture you pointed out uh, and it's very scenic it's just beautiful you pointed out the lake in the background and I'm a lake life guy I guess so if I may ask uh, what um, do you like about lakes country the most or the lakes uh, do you also fish do, do you use it recreational I mean what do you like about Minnesota and lakes country the most if I may ask 
There's really not much time for fishing. <laughs> but um, it's just the scenery and the people, I believe, because there's not a place you can go in the lakes area that you don't see friendly faces and happy people, and the scenery is just unbelievable in our summers. Yeah. And even in the winter, there's something about looking at a lake frozen with all our beautiful trees and peacefulness peacefulness i enjoy the winters yeah, yeah. i do too yeah. i mean i really you know it's a struggle for us with the chores but um sitting and looking outside some days on a beautiful sunny day with all that white snow and trees covered with snow so i'd, I'd say the people in the scenery we don't get a lot of time to actually fish or camp or mm. things like that but um horseback can't. riding i guess we yeah right. we uh, used to do a lot more than we do now we use them with the ho or cattle of course but um we used to do some trail rides trail rides locally with, yes yep. by olga waban area okay so is there public trails that you used no it's uh, just a lot of our friends, friends have know, made their own trails made their own trails we've been on rides with up to what 80 people yeah 80 some riders Really? Of all ages, from children to, you know. In Minnesota? Minnesota. Or just over here in Ogama. By Ogama. Oh, area. really? Yep. Yeah. Just in a long little pearl chain. Yeah. Yep. And we stop at the lake. There's usually some lakes and woods that we, that's what we ride through. And then we and stop. The lake, and the lake bars, of course. And lots of times four-wheelers will bring a cooler and we'll stop and have a cold beverage and visit and intermingle and meet new people. Um, we did that. Yeah, we did that for quite a few years when we were younger, I guess. And. And we've been out to Montana to the Bob Marshall and the Lee Metcalf with our horses. Yeah, you are definitely horse people. Mm -hmm. Like uh, each cowboy needs a good horse, yeah. Right. Yeah. Is that so? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's huge having yeah. a good horse. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Especially what we do. Our horses are cowbred and. Oh really? Yeah. That's a specialty horse. Quarter yeah. horses are bred to yeah. work cows. Yeah. So ah, okay. So, oh, yeah. when we got to bring cattle in to do anything, there's. There's not ever a question we're not going to get them brought in. Normally, it's him and I, with yeah. two horses. Yeah. Sometimes we have the third horse, yeah. but um, and the horse knows what like the, oh it's yes. in gene. It's kind of like a, a a shepherd dog that does the sheep. Yep. So the horse knows that yep. it's. Yep. Ah, I did not know that. Really. I have a yeah. mare that I've had since she's two, and she's thirty-two. Thirty-three, no. Thirty-three. She was one of the best cow horses I've ever had. She, if anybody went off the herd, she was on me. And you better be paying attention because she works she's there. Oh, okay. you just happen to be on top of her. Yeah, yes. uh, pretty much. Really? Yeah. Yep. My yep. daughter is a two-year-old, but I mean, it it takes a while to get a horse to that point. But she definitely. Oh, so but you barely guide them. They just like they. Oh know. yeah, they all. They know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. In I fact, I got a video. Of a, a customer up at Or Minnesota sent yesterday. Uh, his granddaughter's out checking the cows and the, he's got a horse that goes with or she does and this horse without the saddle that video once the horse realizes they're bringing that cow to the corral she'll sit back and that horse without a rider will bring that cow just like a cow dog yeah I mean, same thing they, they will yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. they'll move them yeah. themselves so that's bred into them it's yeah. you know it's, it's in the gene oh, it's interesting yes. kind of like a pointer dog knows they just point mm -hmm. It's yeah. a horse. Ah. Horses have been very important in our program, I would say. We've yeah. always, we started riding together in high school, I guess, and um, and have always used horses. And for age and such, uh, um, was that, like, that is, like, for kids in school? Is that, like, how they get introduced to farming? Is that a Minnesota program or a nationwide program? It's a nationwide. Nationwide. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Is that kind of like a... 
program to um, uh, not retain, but um, uh, what is that word? Um, to recruit? Is it kind recruit, of like a f- well, more farm promote? I would say, promote, like yeah. um, our grandchildren have been in 4-H before and done crop. Okay. Um, I think mostly crops. I think with the technology, the, I think the. Know, it used to be called Future Farmers of America, FFA, and 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 that and the 4-H. 4-H but I, there's getting to be so many more jobs ag-related and and you know because it, of the technology. Yeah. Right. Oh, there's going to be more jobs, so it's not yes. a threat. You think there's a? Well, I think, I think it'll be different. Uh, you know, the technology part. You have to keep up with the technology part of farming right. and ranching. We see that with our sons with farming that. I mean, the technology has changed dramatically in the last 10, 15 right. years. Yeah. And the same yeah. with the livestock. Yeah. Um, like yeah. we were telling you about the embryos and yeah. such. You know, we never d- used to do that. Okay. We have it, ET cows that actually carry an embryo, you know. Like, yeah. it's, it's not her calf even. It's She carries an embryo. It's like uh, in vitro fertilization. In yes. 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 Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I believe the, the, the people left in the cow business is going to be as high tech as the farming today. I mean, you know, the day uh, buying a bull out of the kill pen and throwing them out there, yeah, you can get by, you can get by, but you're not doing what's better for the beef industry. But the young <laughs> people that are in in cattle now that we know, that most of them AI, and yep. they all are up on the technology. They've gone to um, ag college and yeah. have degrees and. And that's the way it has to be, I believe, at this point. That it, unless you're yeah. born and raised, but even then, to just to have the technology part that yeah. your parents probably can't teach you yeah. is going to be crucial. Our, to our generation was thought if you worked hard and and waited in the shit a lot, and things would take care of themselves. But it, it's it's way more business oriented anymore. Yeah. You yes. know, it's you a know. business. Yeah. It's a business. You still want to do it with a handshake and that kind of stuff, and keep your integrity and and you know that's very important but it's more than that anymore it's 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 got to be run as a a business business. you know i mean and there's many different ways to go about it i mean you know but you got to wear more than just a cowboy hat yeah (laughs) mini hats Many hats, yeah. I that was very insightful, and uh, that's a good picture. We're wearing many hats. No, I I really appreciate uh, you sharing an insight in in uh, Red Angus ranching and your uh, operation in particular. Yeah, um, appreciate it. That was very interesting. Thank you very much for taking the time to yeah, talk to me. You. And uh, have a good weekend, Ed. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, this was already our uh, newest episode of the Lake Life Weekend podcast. We sure hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Tune in again next week with another great guest and updates. Always check out our website, uh, lakelifeweekend.com. And if you have some comments, please feel free to email us at hello at lakelifeweekend.com. And uh, you have a wonderful weekend ahead. Uh